0: That once it starts, then it continues to move and hit the next domino, if you can kind of see through that graphic. And so we're talking about the chain reaction in life and chain reaction and what uh, goes on in life and this process. And uh, so I want to kind of map out where I'm going today with, with my title, which is four words. But uh, this first part is the promise. Everybody say promise. Second part of the chain reaction comes faith. Everybody say faith. The third part of the chain reaction is test. That's test. Say test. And the last is that part we all love, and that is growth. We talked about the life of Abraham, and we're walking through the life of Abraham in this series and using his life to kind of show us the chain reaction and the processes of faith and life. And and, uh, so the first thing God comes to, Abraham and he says Abraham I'm going to make you a you, a great nation and your seed will be as uh the stars in the sky there will be many children that that are formed from your life and 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 it just it's going to be cre- incredible and this great promise and we talked about that last week big time and here's all this promise laid upon Abraham's shoulders and and then then the chain reaction comes his faith, his faith has to, has to step into it. And so the promise and then next, here's Abraham's faith, this father of faith that we called him. So he, he steps into that role and says, man, I want this. And he steps out for God and takes the call that like we preached last week and steps his faith up. And then that next part happened. It's the next part of the chain reaction and it's the testing of your faith, the testing of your faith. And then the last part of that chain reaction, again, is the part that we enjoy, we like, and then there's, there is growth. Our faith begins to grow. Our life in God begins to grow. We begin to develop. We begin to become. And so I want to walk through here just a few minutes about the testing time. We see the promise. We see that next spot where faith, but I want to talk about that test part. So here's Abraham and he steps out for God, and he moves forward in God, and then all of a sudden he hits that point. Everything's going good. His faith is sailing and doing good. And then all of a sudden he hits some test in his life. Some moments where he don't really understand what God's doing, and what happens is right where he's at is, is a great famine that come across the land. And there's no food and so here he is, he's like a nomad, he's out, he has no land, he's just traveling, going where God tells him to go. And he hits a moment where he has no food, he's in famine. And so he has to go down to a place called Egypt, the place where he definitely does not want to go to. They are not the friend of, his, of who he is. And so, but he has to do it, he has to eat, and so he heads down to Egypt, scared to death in this test. And I'm going to read to you about what he's about to do. So he's in this test, so let's see whether he's going to pass or fail the test. It's chapter 12 and verse 11 of Genesis. It says this, when he was about to enter Egypt, watch this, he turns to his wife, Sarah, his wife, and he says, I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance. I mean, you are something to look at. You're hot. You're, you're incredible. You're beautiful. And, and, and all this is going on. And, 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 then, and when the Egyptians see you, I know what they're going to do. They will say, this is his wife. And when, then they will kill me. But they will let you live. And so I have an idea for us to do this. Let's lie. Let's lie. I want to say that you're my sister. That my life may be spared for your sake. Yeah, right right right. right, right, right. For your sake, I want you to say, You're my sister, so that my life will be spared. In other words, say you are my sister, so if Pharaoh wants to marry you, then he won't kill me. People, that's just messed up. That's some good preaching right there, right? What do you call this? A lack of faith? Is that what you call this, a lack of faith? Or your answer of why I should be featured on the Jerry Springer show? Well, <laughs> One or the other. This is a messed up story. I mean, it's like, what? And then, so basically I'm going to tell you, he failed the test. He failed the test. Oh, he failed the test. So God says, hey, still got a plan for you. Get back on your feet. Didn't do well with that one, but get back on your feet. I have a plan for you. And so we're gonna we go down to Genesis chapter sixteen and let's we'll see how we do, how we do with this. And so he's already had this promise that he was remember going to give birth to all of this nations and 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 then and then he starts getting a little nervous. Lord, I it's chapter sixteen and and I I'm in another test and I still don't have a son. I don't even have a son. I mean, we're childless. I don't, I don't even have a son, and we're old and we're old. So so he talks to Sarah and Sarah gets this brilliant idea that we'll usurp God, we'll get this, we'll take care of this, I can't have a child but we'll make this happen and so Sarah says why don't you sleep with my servant Hagar and have a child with her And, and Abe says sounds like a plan. That's funny right there to me. That's funny. Now this is not going to be pretty people. This is not going to turn out good. But Abe says, man, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm up for the task. I want to be a part of this. And so he goes in to Hagar and Hagar has a child. And so you think everything's going to be hunky-dory here. Yeah, right, right, right. No. Sarah is ticked off. Even though it was her idea, she's a livid. And she starts treating treating Hagar and abusing her and treating her bad and treating Ishmael horrible. And, and so that doesn't go really well. And so, Abraham, way to go, buddy. Fail. Fail. Not looking good for this father of faith. Not looking real good. And and then God says, Come on, Abe, I've got a plan for you. Get back up. You can do this, man. I'm teaching, you're growing. Genesis chapter 17, God reappears to Abraham to renew the promise he gave him about the son that he wanted to to give to him through Sarah. Stands back up and reaffirms that. You know what? Abraham laughs at him. In fact, the father of faith scoffs in God's face. Well, that didn't go good. So finally, in Genesis chapter 20, we see something. Abraham Runs into another king who scares him half to death. You're not going to believe this. And he tells his wife again, I need you to act like you're my sister. And don't tell them that you're married to me. They'll... Folks, if you're reading through Genesis, you're thinking, I already read this story once. Yeah, 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 yeah. It happened again. Just the way it began, it ended the same way. About right now in the service, you're going, I'm starting to feel better about my life. I'm starting to feel better about my family. Maybe I'm not as bad as I thought I was. But here's what we learn. Our faith grows in the testing. How is he eventually called the father of faith? Because in the chain reaction, the promise, his faith comes, but then there's a testing of that faith to see his Faith mature and grow. You see, you see, we we just don't make a one-time decision to follow Christ. I think a lot of Christians have this thing in their mind that they're going, man, I'm going to say this this little prayer and I'm going to do this little prayer and then I'm all in and, and 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 you know I sign a little dotted line if I can say and man I'm I'm all in with the salvation thing. I'll feel the Spirit, baptize, man, well whew, that's it. Got got that accomplished. Got that accomplished. Oh happy day. Oh, happy day when Jesus washed, he washed my sins away. Thank you. You're the only one that appreciated that. <laughs> but that's kind of, boy, boy, things are just going to be happy now. Things are going to be wonderful and things are going to be just glorious. And I, I've been saved, sanctified, filled, Holy Ghost. I mean, boy, I'm, woo, woo, I'm, I'm, I've got it. I've got it. Oh, happy day. And then tests start coming. Tests start coming and Because God works through the process of allowing life when life happens. God uses. He doesn't create things, but he allows things. And in our process, our faith starts being tested. And if we walk through that process with our faith, and even when we fail, even when we win, even when we lose, our faith is being tested and things begin to start multiplying in our life. Faith, faith you see, like it's, it's like a muscle. It's like this muscle, and, and you can only strengthen the faith muscle by straining it. I, um, I, 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 when you work out and you train your muscles, what happens is every time you lift that muscle, that muscle begins to strain and that muscle begins to tear, all right? So the muscle begins to tear, and as it tears, it begins to reform and heal itself, and from that, you get the multiplication. Y'all get the picture? There's multiple, there's growth. There's growth that happens that come on the other side of the tear, on the other side of the hurt. On the other side of the pain, I, I used to, when I was a kid, I, I don't know, I was probably about 16 years old. And I, was, I, was, I grew up in Houston, and I joined Gold's Gym. Gold's gym. That, back in that day, that was the gym to join if you wanted to be a bodybuilder. So I was all in. I was really, more than anything, I wanted to go by the gift shop and get me a shirt that says, I'm a member of Gold's Gym because you picked up the ladies with your little stick arms. But you had the T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I but I'd go in Golds Gym and man I'd watch these bodybuilders they'd be all in there in Houston and they and they they'd hit that powder You can't ever smile, you know And they reached down and picked up that huge bunch of weights and I mean, legs are shaking and, and, and body was moving, and I was over there on the other side. My, my legs were shaking too. Just and 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 and, and they're and, and they hollering. I mean, I mean, the whole gym is just like, oh my god! And 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 then, and, and, and then and if you're not already scared to death in the room, then they drop it. And I'm over there with my ten pounds. But what happened is all these muscles, man, I mean, these guys were just, they're just, they're just walking around, and they were, just, they were just all of that, but the tear. You see, a lot of us don't like the tear because we want the growth. We want the multiplying, We want the growth, but we don't want the tear. We, we, we want to be a part of what God has. We want the promise. We want the faith. We're people of faith. But when the tear comes, I, I move out because I don't really like the tear. I just want to skip the tear of the chain reaction and I want to go straight to growth. But the process of my faith developing is that the tear comes, the struggle comes. And I don't, you don't have to pray that on you. You don't have to pray, God, let the tear come. No, just life happens. Life happens. Struggles happen. But in the process of all of that, God can take what the enemy meant for evil and God can make it good because on the other side of your faithfulness is God's growth in your life. I stood a few minutes ago and preached this same message. This is second service, and 15 feet from me was the man that I was standing with him yesterday with his baby. Do you understand? 15 feet from me the front row was a man with his hands in the air and I'm preaching on the other side of the tear God doesn't create the tear but he's there in the midst of what you're going through so you can get out of your truck and walk back in even after the struggle and the brokenness and say but I yet I still love him I still serve him I don't understand life I don't understand the walk of life but this thing I know I am a servant of Jesus Christ Christ. And so, the multiplication, the growth, that's how God grows our faith. When we are put in situations where our faith is stretched and it tears, it grows back stronger and everything in the Christian life grows in the soil of faith. And I know you know that. When you walk through the valley, the shadow of death He provides for you there in the valley. When you go into the storms, He can prove Himself to you because He walks on the water to where you are, where you're at. Do you hear it? Faith. Is establishing itself in you and God's promising you that He will be there. And when you're surrounded with conflict on every side, He shows His ability to provide for you, for in the presence of your enemy, He sets up a table before you. Abraham was between sixty-two and seventy-five when he received the promise. He was around a hundred when the promised child comes some 25 years or so. He's in the promise process of testing and, and the struggle and trying to hold the faith together. And, and faith is not part of the Christian life. It's all of it. It's all of it. In order to have growth, you have to learn to exercise that faith. Faith is a verb. That's because faith is action. Faith doesn't become faith until you act on it. It's not faith when it's just sitting there. It's faith when you start exercising it and you act on it. And after God finally gave Abraham this promised son, he asked Abraham, you've got to get this. This is crazy. He finally gave him his son, the promised child. And God said, hey, Abe, I want you to sacrifice your son. I want you to give me, and boy, that's really hard for us to really understand and wrap our heads around in 2020, and God says, I want you to offer your son for sacrifice, and I, Isaac was his only son and presented all of Abram's hopes for the future, and, and I want you all to see this. We don't hear of Abram, Abram arguing with God. We never hear him like having this big arguing match. He just does it. Folks, he just does it. How in the world, after failing again and again and again, where did Abraham finally get the confidence to be obedient to God? Where this is the dude, the dude that like threw his wife under the bus, the dude that like constantly was making this mistake and that mistake, and failing and failing and failing and failing and failing and failing and failing, and, failing and, failing. and with all kind of crazy stuff all right. Re- how, how, when God asks him for the most important thing, he he steps into it. I, I think I know and I want to share it with you today. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 3. Abram is is in one of his times of doubt. He's in one of his times of doubt, and God reappears to him and says, in verse three, fear not, Abram. Watch this. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. (laughs) And Abram was like, oh, God, I'm so glad you gave me that. That's going to turn my life around. Now that I know that, man, that sounds like a cool worship song. I'm your, I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. Ooh, I'm going to sing that one. I got this now. This is no big deal. I've been waiting for two decades for a, a kid. and, 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 and Oh, I, I'm your shield. Man, thank you for giving that to me, Lord. Thank you. I don't even have any other questions. Wrong. And Abram said, verse, chapter 15, verse 4, Hey, behold! You have given me no offspring. Hey, God, did you forget? You haven't given me no offspring. Hello? Did did, did you forget that on your daytimer? God, speaking. You speaking of reward that you were talking about? Remember that child you promised me? <laughs> where, where is he? Where is he? Abraham's dealing with all kind of doubt. All, I mean, all kind of doubt. But he said, even in verse 8, he said, but he said, Oh, Lord God, how will I know? How, how, how will I even know? He's, he's got doubt going on. Lord, Lord, you're saying this, and did you forget? I don't have a child the promised child and how am I even going to know whether you're going to do this and there's two things that he's doubting here and it's the same two things that you're going to have struggle when you're feeling any kind of test in your life it's the same two doubts that you and I are going to struggle with it's the same two doubts that Abram uh, struggled with and it all comes down to these two doubts watch this number one God how can I trust you It's been two decades, over two decades. How can I trust you? Are you really going to keep your word? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm going to tell you, everyone in this room has been right there with that struggle, with that doubt. Hey, God, hey, God, are you going to keep your word? How can I trust you? And then the second doubt that we struggle with and Abraham struggled with too is how Can I trust me? How can I trust you? But equally, how can I trust me? I've proven to be pretty unreliable. What what if I mess up again? What if everything's on the line and I I fail again? And this is the answer that God gives back to him. And y'all, y'all not ready for the rest of this message. Y'all say, I'm ready. This is God's answer. Hey Abraham, how'd you do it? How'd you finally get the kid and then offer it? How did you finally step into obedience? How did you do it? After you failed so many times? Here's the answer. <laughs> God answers Abraham when he's going, "Hey, hey, 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 here you all right?" Watch this. It's in chapter 15, verses 9 through 10. And y'all, y'all been thinking this message kind of had some weird Jerry Springer moments. Wait for this one. God says this. I'll summarize it this way. He says, bring me, bring me five animals. This is Old Testament. Five animals. I want you to bring me a cow. I want you to bring me a goat. I want you to bring me a ram. I want you to bring me a turtle dove, and I want you to bring me a pigeon, verses 9 through 10, chapter 15. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to, Well, this is kind of crazy. Watch this. I want you to cut them in half. I want you to take the turtle dove, the cow, all these things. I want you to cut them in half. This is God talking to Abraham. And I want you to put them on either side of a walkway, all right? So on one side is a half a cow, on the other side is a half a cow. And I want you to let the river of blood run right down the middle. Stay with me, church. This is gonna be cool. And you're like, say what? That was the answer? That's not what I came to church this morning to hear about. It messed up my lunch. Because you're in a different age. We're in a different age. We're in a written age. We're in a written age that if we go into contract with a builder, with someone that we're hiring to build a house or build a, or do a remodel or I mean, whatever, any kind of contractor, what are you gonna do? You're gonna sit down with that contractor. They become your servant that they're gonna build, if you can use this analogy, and they're so you're bringing them into contract as the owner. They're working for you, right? And so what you're saying is this. I want you to do this, 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 this for me, and you're saying, will you do that? And they say, well, I'm in. And you say, all right, here's the contract, and I want you to look it over, make sure you're willing to do all of that, and then I want you to sign your name at the bottom, as put your signature on the bottom. Why is that? Because if I'm later on in the building process, and I can, I see something that is not going along, with the contract, I'm going to pull my contract back out. I'm going to go back to my contract and I'm going to say, Sir, look at here, ma'am, look at here. I want you to read. This is what you said you would do, and you signed it. You are in contract. This is exactly what is going on when God speaks to Abraham. It's a different time and what they call covenants, we call contracts and God is cutting covenant with Abraham. Mm, I'm ready to preach. I hadn't started really. So instead of signing a contract, what they would do is they would cut a few animals open, and they would do this. They would walk through the river of blood that was created from the cutting of the halves. They would put the pieces and the halves on each side, and the contractor, the servant, would stand in front of the owner and walk down the river of blood, watch this, with a white robe, and the blood would splash up on the robe and the blood became the guarantee that said this says this if i don't do what i told you that i would do my blood will pay the sacrifice and so it splashed up on the robes if i don't keep my end of the covenant May this happen to me. In fact, the Hebrew word for covenant literally means to cut, to cut. And so here it comes down, and God's saying, Abraham, he said, how am I going to know you're going to stand in this contract? How am I going to know? You gave, you gave me a promise. My faith stepped up. Yes, I've had some fails, but God, how am I supposed to know? I'm struggling this process, and God says, Cut the, bring me five animals. Cut them in half. And I'm going to walk among the... Well, let me read it to you. The covenant is supposed to happen at sundown. It's sundown. It's chapter... It's, it, it's, it's verse 12. It says this. As the sun... As the sun was going down, everybody said the sun was going down as the sun, that's, that's huge here in a minute and as the sun was going down a deep sleep fell on Abraham he just asked the God, how am I going to know a dreadful, everybody say a dreadful and great darkness you need to remember that, fell upon him this is abraham darkness and watch this remember the halves remember the pieces and a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed through the pieces now let me tell you what that is the fire pot and the flaming torch we find out even in other places in the word of God when that takes place is the presence of God. So he's saying here, in fact, even some translations will rewrite it and translate it that way. And a smoking pot and a flaming torch, in other words, the presence of God passed between the pieces. And on that day, on that day, the Lord Made a covenant with Abraham. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait wait, 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 wait a minute. Just a minute. Kings and gods don't walk through pieces. Kings and gods don't walk through halves. That's not what happens. The owners don't do that. The servants do that. This doesn't make sense. God is walking among the halves God is the one stepping in the middle With the robe and the blood splashing away. Wait, wait, wait a minute God You're not supposed to walk through the pieces Abraham I'm sure in his mind says When he sees the, the, the cow and the thing being separated He said oh I'm, I'm fixing to walk among the pieces And I'm going to covenant with God God says no, no, no I want you to covenant, And when that happens I'm going to step down in between it And walk among the pieces and let the blood get on me. But if you notice in the text, who did not walk among the pieces? Abraham did not walk among the pieces. Abraham didn't do it. And in those days, if a king made a covenant with a servant, the servant walked through the pieces alone because it was assumed that the 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 king, the king was going to keep his half of the bargain, the one we're worried about is the servant, there is only one recorded his time in history where the king goes through and the servant and it's in this moment when the king of kings and the lord of lords does something for Abraham that he's not done to this point he says I'm going to cut a new covenant with you I'm going to do a new thing with you and I'm going to step among the halves and the meaning is so clear here it is you ready if God fails to keep his side of the bargain he will pay with his own blood But this is the better part for me and you. But if Abram fails to keep his side of the bargain, God is saying, I will also pay with my own blood. God does something here. He makes himself responsible for both sides of the contract, both sides of the covenant. God says this, I'll pay the penalty if I don't keep up my end of the covenant, I'll pay, I'll pay the price. But I also will pay the price if you don't keep up your side of the covenant. My people, that is the grace of God. Can you give the grace of God some love here today? That's the grace of God. Oh, it gets even better. And this is, of course, the Clearest of pictures that we have of Christ in the New Testament being typed in the Old Testament, if you got your thinking caps on with me. The gospel tells us that when Christ, oh my goodness, that when Christ died, there was a dreadful darkness that settled across the land. Do y'all remember that at the cross? Come on it's a picture of a Calvary. At the cross he said it is finished the head dropped and he died and what happened there was darkness that swept across the land. It descended upon the old earth and look at this and Jesus blood flowed out of his side like a river. Hey wait a minute. Why is he doing this? I'm the one that messed up. I'm the servant, he's the king. (laughs) What's up with this picture? Was Jesus dying because he hadn't kept up his end of the bargain? Did you make a mistake? Absolutely no. We know that he was sinless. He was perfect in every way. Why are you the king, the master, the owner? Why are you, no, he was dying. He was dying not because he had not kept up his in the bargain, but because you didn't keep up your end of the bargain. And he said, that's the way it works. I'm not only going to walk among here to show you that I will pay if I don't keep my end, but I will also walk in here to let you know that the grace of God extends to you even if you don't keep your end of the covenant. Took my sins, he took my sorrow, and he made them his very own. He bore my burden to Calvary, and he suffered, and he died alone. And this, my church family, is where Abraham got the faith. This is where we now call him our father, the father of faith. Abraham, because he witnessed something that changed his life. He got, the, he got something happened to him that he showed in Genesis chapter 22 when he's called to offer his Isaac, the most precious thing to him. It was in the moment. It was what he saw. And I want you to maybe take a picture of this when I put it on the screen. True confidence in God doesn't come from within us. It comes from what has been done for us. Woo! And in the cross, we see the Lord's commitment to see it through. He said, listen, I'm gonna do it. I told you I would do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna see this through. And that becomes just like Abraham. It became his anchor to let him make it through. It becomes our, the Christian's anchor to say, listen, he walked through the line. He gave his blood. He gave his body. And because of this, cause of this i'm going to continue to feel like i can make it i'm going to go boldly forward in him not only will he always keep his end of the bargain he will make up where i where i messed up here's what that means here's what that means no matter no matter where you are no, no matter no matter how bad you stumbled no matter how bad you got bruised and beat up and no matter how rough the test of life that comes may have caused you to even trip up and fall on your face and the struggle of life comes and you can always get up you can always get up and go onward in faith because God's commitment to you has never subsided he's never quit he's never stopped on you he said listen I'm going to walk among the haves. I'm going to shed my blood. I'm going to give my body. I'm going to do this because I'm crazy in love with you. I want you to watch this. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16 says, The righteous man shall. The righteous man falls seven times and rises again. Oh, this scripture really messes up some Christians, all right? The righteous man falls seven times and rises up again. Christians are going, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I lean into my righteousness and my self-righteousness. I lean into that on, based on that I don't fall. I lean into him. the base that I don't make mistakes I am perfect I wear a halo and I want to present that to everyone for I am the righteous one who never fallen the Bible says the righteous man the righteous man falls seven times and rises again listen to this your righteousness is not shown by never falling you better be amen in that right there Righteousness is your declaration that where you falter, God is still faithful. In the moment where you slide on your nose in failure, in the moment where Abraham you you mess up and there's there's issues and there's struggle and there's character problems and I'm preaching to a house full of people in the room today uh, people here today I, I, I'm, I'm I'm delivering this message with a with a guy that that puts his pants on just like you that that struggles in life and and and, and stuff and, and and dealing with what the things of life bring along we all walk through these moments and we fall but he said listen where I account Righteousness in the fact that I still have a plan for you, and that at the spot where you fall, you get back up again, get on your feet, and you put a trophy in the spot that says, I couldn't have gotten up had it not been for the glory of who He has done, what He's done for me, and He's paid the price for me. Hallelujah! And I get up with a trophy right here that becomes a declaration of faith for everyone around me. That when I fall, God says, "Come on, Abraham. Come on, Nathan Keating. Come on, Jimmy. Come on, Greg." That where you fall becomes a declaration of faith to others that you can make it also because God has already paid the price for all of your falters and all of your failures Abram fell five times, five times but each time God says Abram get back up again old boy I still have a plan for you I know some of you out here messed up badly you broke contract you broke contract We messed up. We messed up. I want to tell you today, in these next few minutes, I'm not asking you to jump through a hoop. I'm not asking you to do cut yourself. I'm not asking you to punish yourself. You know what I'm asking you to do? Lean in to the gospel because the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ it's a crazy story but he did it for me I should have paid but instead he paid the price for me now I was today is the day we're taking communion you, you received a little packet like this right here and I want you to get your packet out would you do that before you do anything, let me talk to you just a second. Don't, don't do anything because what I'm about to give you, what I'm about to tell you, if I don't tell you this, it will be the first testing of your faith. <laughs> but there's a little cellophane top that is right here that will drive you to will drive you to drinking, all right? On the top, the little purple part has a little part that has to divide from it and this is, this is we're, we're acting out this faith thing. <laughs> I want you to take the cellophane wrapper and expose the wafer. Now, I'm not going to ask how many people pulled the whole thing back. I, I'm not even going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But the Lord's working on you. The Lord's working on you. So you have the wafer. All right, don't do anything else because I've got to talk to you. got to talk to you. Let's talk. Y'all, what I'm about to tell you, I've been doing communion all my life. But the Lord showed me something this morning. I studied and prepared for this message, of course, earlier in the week and didn't know what I was going to be facing yesterday. Didn't know what I was going to be preaching and dealing with the struggle of the aftermath of what we went through. Done communion all my life message was prepared, wrapped up Then this morning I was I always go back and study a little bit more on Sunday and I said oh man today's communion and so of course I knew that but I I said I, I gotta grab my Bible and go to the communion scriptures <laughs> I like to tell y'all I'm, 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 I'm smart enough to figure all this out I'm trying to let you know this one jumped on me, I didn't see it, are you with me? so I went to the scriptures this morning so the scripture about communion it's in multiple places but one of them is, that I always read from is 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and when I read what I'm about to read to you tears started rolling down my, my cheek because as many times as I've read this I've never read it on the heels of the message that I just preached Whew. this is awesome Y'all ready? First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty-three. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord Himself. All right, stay with me. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord Himself. This is coming from the Lord on the night when He was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took some bread. Are y'all getting the picture? Y'all know about this already? There's a Last Supper, remember? Y'all seen the picture? (laughs) The Last Supper. They're lined up around the table. Watch what Jesus does. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Y'all never saw this before right here. Then he broke it in pieces. He broke it in pieces. He broke it in half. He started pulling it apart, Kurt, and handing it to people. He's in a moment. He's cutting New Covenant, New Testament Covenant, He's walking among. He's giving them, telling them what's about to happen. He's about to walk among the halves, but the halves is represented in the bread. This bread is my body. This, he says. Then he broke it and in pieces and said, "This is my body, which is given for you. This do ye." in remembrance of me. This is my body. I, the lamb, become the sacrifice. I'm the one broken. And he pulls it apart. And he hands it to some dudes around the table that are not really understanding what's going on. But he said, you'll get it one day. I'm cutting it. I'm breaking in halves. And I'm fixing to do something amazing. I want you to take the wafer today out of its little case there. This body, this little wafer is a representation of his body. It's a representation of his body. And he says, so often as you do this, remember me. So when you put this in your mouth in just a few moments, you're representing what he did with his body. This is the brokenness would you bow your head with me heavenly father I come to you today in the precious name of Jesus Lord we're about to take a part of this new covenant God I don't I don't know why you chose us but you did you love us so much you paid the price and just like Abraham you walked among the halves in the New Testament you became the Lamb of God and your body was broken for me you loved me enough to let your body walk through the torment and the struggle And Lord, when we put this in our mouth today, we remember you. Forgive us of our wrongs, our mistakes. Forgive us of our failures, Lord. Forgive where we have fallen. But I can take this body today because you died for me to get back up again. It's a remembrance of what you've done for me that I could get back up again. Forgive us, Father, for the failing of our test, the failing of multiple tests in our life. But thanks for paying the price that we're worthy to stand before you today. At this moment, I'd like the church family to place the wafer in your mouth and think about what the Lord did for you. Church, let me read the rest of this to you. It just keeps getting better. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, listen closely, this cup is the new covenant. (laughs) He's trying to say, boys, something's happening. This cup is the new covenant between God and his people y'all I'm not making this stuff up this is in the word of God listen to this an agreement confirmed with my blood he's walking among the halves but he is the half body now his blood and he's cutting covenant and he says for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. He's cutting covenant with you so that when you fail, the price has already been prayed for you. Would you pick up this? Open the next layer up. Now, would you take that cup which represents that new covenant blood? Wow, the presence of the Lord is here so rich. I mean, it's so rich, it's so rich, so rich. If you've walked away from God, or maybe you don't know God, I just presented to you through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every reason you can imagine that you think that you you can't make it, God gave you every reason that you can. He did it all for you. Now he just wants you to step into that. So if you need to walk back to him, man, come on back come on home if you're struggling with becoming a Christian for the first time take that step it's the greatest story ever told and it's not a Disney World story it's weaved together in perfection from the Old Testament to the New Testament I hope you saw that today it's the gift of Jesus Christ and what he did for us what a savior what a savior everybody get your hands out like this can you do that give that savior a hand clap of praise like you've never given anything around. he deserves it he deserves it He deserves it. He deserves it. What a Savior. What a Savior. What a Savior. What a Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad you came today. I know know it was a life-changing day for you because this has been a life-changing day for me. And and, um, Live this, man. Live it. Live it. If If you fall, get back up again. Amen. God is good, isn't he? I want you people to have such an amazing Thanksgiving. I'm in love with this church family. This church family is real. It's what I love about them. No, no, uh, no facades. We're just who we are. We're just real in the presence of God. We're all, we're all trying to make it. We're all trying to live for the Lord. And this week, I just want to say thank you for loving my family. Thank you for loving Adina and I. Thank you for loving me because we love you so much. And I'm thankful for you during this thankful, thankful season. In the weird, weirdness of a crazy year, you have been faithful to your church and thank you for being faithful. Not only are you faithful, but you brought people and we've grown by the grace of the Lord. Last week was our largest attendance since COVID has begun. And I so thank God for that. He's just bringing people back, brand new people back. So thankful for what he's doing. God is so good to us. God richly bless you. Aren't you glad you came to church today? God bless you. Have a a great week. Have a great time with your family. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.